Hi everyone, welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting alongside my trusted colleague Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, it's our final show of the week as we preview Packers Jets Sunday noon central time kickoff from the Big Tin Can in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And at the end of the week here, that means keys to victory. So with the Jets at 4-10, and 10, the Packers at 5-8-1, and one, where do you want to start with this? But make one? it real easy for you, Michael. Okay. The Green Bay Packers need to stop Sam Darnold. They need to pressure Sam Darnold. They need to be able to take away the football from Sam Darnold. And the big reason why here, one, he's a rookie quarterback. That's what the game's like in the NFL. Uh, even these guys that are going to have really bright, careers we know how difficult it is making that jump from the college level to the nfl darnold's numbers are pretty distinctly different when you look at the games in which they won with him as a starting quarterback they are three and one right now with him if he's gone over an 80 passer rating they are zero and six with him as a starting quarterback when they fall beneath that uh, 14 touchdowns 15 interceptions on the season 56.7 accuracy on his passes so it's been a trying season for him as they try to find themselves offensively they obviously already lost Isaiah Crowell for the season he's out um, offensively they're trying to find themselves in a, as an identity it seems yeah. like they're getting back home with Robbie Anderson and being able to get him going again but at the end of the day the numbers are what they are they don't lie the Packers need to be able to take away the football from Sam Darnold yeah and I think the Packers have to be careful in the sense of we've been talking all week long about the Packers motivations and wanting to finish strong and guys wanting to be the pros that they are. I think the Packers have to be careful not to us underestimate it just how motivated this Jets team 100% could possibly be because when you talk about Sam Darnold this is a rookie quarterback who no matter what the Jets record is he is taking the field every single time to prove I am the future of the franchise. I am the leader of the franchise. I need to live up to what this organization has invested in me with that very, very high draft pick from last spring. And we saw last week, the Houston Texans fell asleep a little bit. They got they got a, a sizable lead, couple score lead, fell off the pace, so to speak. The Jets came all the way back on them and took the lead. Now that that was potentially a loss that would that would damage Houston's you know, playoff seating, playoff picture and everything. They got their act together in time to still then come back and win the game. But um, these rookie quarterbacks, and I don't care if you're talking about Josh Rosen in Arizona, who the Packers saw a few weeks ago, or Sam Darnold here with the Jets, this is going to be a motivated club, even though all the writing is on the wall that their head coach is probably out the door. Um, the Jets are the Jets are out to play every week, and they're out to beat you because uh, because they they are playing for the future with this quarterback. Well, and this is what I'm most interested to see with Darnold going into this game is the fact that statistically he's coming off a good performance against the Texans, 24 of 38 passing for 253, two touchdowns, no turnovers in that ball game. For him, that's a real solid effort against a playoff team. Yeah, that was only the third time this year he's not had a turnover in a game. So. Okay. That that's a great performance. Now, how do you follow that up after you lose that game? Sure. Does that further motivate you to be able to come out and now you're you know defend your home turf after you gave one up last week, or is that kind of a backbreaker? You can see those things go either way for them. Definitely. The big thing that they're going to have to do that they lacked last week is they 
they have to be able to establish a running game. And they've just not been able to do that without Crowell. Yeah. So for the Packers' perspective, you're coming off a really solid performance despite not having Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, and all your the rest of your starters on that defensive line. They did a really solid job against Jordan Howard and company. They have to build upon that. So I think that seeing that specific – we can talk until we're blue in the face about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and what this offense could do against their defense. But I think this game ultimately will be decided and how Mike Pettin, making his return to New York, how his unit really stands up to what the Jets offer offensively. Yeah, and when I look at this from a bigger picture perspective, and you know we've talked about obviously the Packers trying to get their first road win of the year, not end the season winless on the road and all of that and what that can mean for the young guys, especially the rookie class in the locker room. We've discussed all of that. You know, really for the Packers, it comes down to avoiding those lulls in the game, those those down spots. Now, every game is going to have its ups and downs. Right. But the whole key is, is to not let those, you know, those down moments for the team affect you too much. And all you have to do is look at last week's game against Chicago. Late second quarter, the score is 7-3. to three. The Packers have the ball. They have second and three deep in their own territory looking to get a first down and then go into two-minute mode and potentially get you know either a touchdown and take the lead by half or maybe get a field goal, get it to 7-6. to six. From second and three, you have an incomplete pass and a run on third and three that comes up short. You punt the ball back to the Bears. And then... At the same time, the offense has just let you down. The defense lets you down and allows a touchdown drive. So instead of 7-6, to six, you're down 14-3 to three right. at the half. The same thing happened in the fourth quarter. The Packers get the turnover. It's a tie game, but the offense goes three and out, a huge letdown. Well, then the defense also has a letdown right after that as well and allows the go-ahead touchdown drive. And so it's it's these it's these lulls in things that last for just a few minutes, one possession here or there, but right. they kind of end up becoming connected, and then that's how the Packers always find themselves behind, playing with their backs against the wall, so to speak, on the road. You've got to find a way to stem the tide in those situations, whether it's converting on that third down on offense to keep the ball, or if the offense goes three and out, the defense has got to go out there and get the three and out and get the ball right back. And those are the kinds of things that have just that have plagued this team away from Lambeau Field all season long. You'd like to see them get through a road game without having one of these significant dips in play where the momentum just completely shifts to the other team. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, you said, Mike, you can take a number of different examples from this season with the Packers and, and when they've struggled with this. But, I mean, I really do go back to that third quarter against Chicago and that, you know, they just were able to get up. They had an answer. They, they looked good where things were heading after that Mason Crosby field goal, get some points after the half. And – then you know, and then you also get the Jamal Williams touchdown. But then you get into the fourth quarter, and things start to get away from you a little yeah. bit. You start to stall out a little bit. You get back to back three and outs, and you saw how that changed the course and the tide of that football game for the Packers. And then conversely, where the Bears were able to really right. you know, separate and, themselves. And to further my point, when you have the second three and out on offense, then your special teams lets you down and yeah. allows the long punt return that yeah. sets up more points for the Bears. It just it Both seems like it, it seems points. like the letdowns it, the letdowns compound themselves because they happen in multiple phases at the same time, and that's how the other team 
seizes it, and uh, and it's really the biggest reason the Packers have not been able to win a road game. Yeah, Devontae year. Adams talked about it after the game, too. There's just something about in that third quarter, sometimes early fourth, where, you know, even though they had some really big comebacks earlier in the season during those times, the second half of the season, it's just been a grind for them. So, yeah, if you're able to maintain that, I think that's going to be really pivotal for the Packers in this matchup. And also the standpoint of it, I'm not taking anything away from the Jets, but they know what their season is. They know what their record says. So there is a gut check on their sideline as well to see exactly how much they're going to be up for this game, knowing some of the questions that may linger with their own coaching staff. So I, I think in this specific instance that this third quarter, some of those stalls, some of those those momentum swings – could really be tied to just simply which team wants it more. Yeah. And the Packers, they, they've outlined it. They've talked about it. They know where they're coming up short. They have to execute better on it. They have two more chances to do so at this game and then Detroit. Yeah, The and as we've talked about also all year long, this is a Packers team. I can't, I can't remember a Packers team I've covered that didn't win two games in a row at some point yeah. during a season. And these last two games now are the last – opportunity to do that this team has not been able to put together a winning streak of any kind um you know a solid fairly solid record at home you're five five one and one five, at lambeau one field one. right yeah. um and we all know that one loss was was an inexcusable one but this team has won its share of games at home but when you can't win on the road you're not going to be able to put together a winning streak so you definitely like to see that um before this one wraps up um, you mentioned the Packers. just quickly eyeballing it. It looked like 2005 was the last time they didn't. They yeah, didn't and that was wins. and that was a four and twelve season, which also was uh, was the last time the Packers changed head coaches. Right. So, um, so not there to you interrupt go. you, but yeah, yeah. You mentioned the uh, the Packers' young defensive line and what it did against Chicago, especially against the run game. We had talked earlier this week, there were really only two running plays the Bears had that kind of right. that kind of got away from them. All the other all the other uh, running plays the Bears attempted in that game, the Packers really stood up to them. I think this game, as you alluded to earlier, because the Jets have struggled so much to get any kind of a run game going, this one kind of does come down to getting after the quarterback, doesn't it? I it mean, you've, you've, you've got to... You've got to hurry, Darnold. You got to get him off the spot, as they say. Now he's athletic. He can run. He can he can make plays on the run. Right. Get out of the pocket and throw the ball. But um, um, I don't see the Jets necessarily being able to establish a real reliable run game the way the Packers are playing run defense right now. This game really is going to fall into uh, Darnold's hands, and then what the Packers do up front to disrupt him. Well, and just looking quickly at the last two games for the Jets, so two weeks ago, 2.8 yards per carry. That actually ended up being in a win for them over the Bills. Uh, and then last week, uh, only 2.9 on the ground. Uh, McGuire uh, with only 2.3 yards per carry on 18 attempts for 42 yards. Darnold, like I mentioned before, he has some scrambling ability too. Yeah, he, can, he does. He can sprinkle that in there, but I don't think it's the same level that Josh Allen uh, has I think it's more out of you know having to do so when the play breaks down as opposed to Allen who uses it as a legitimate arsenal and his his uh, you know array of weapons so yeah it's gonna be an interesting match for the Packers certainly when I think when you drafted at least when I drafted my fantasy football league at the end of the year everybody thought it was Crowell thought it was gonna be Bilal Powell hasn't worked out for them they've had to go through a litany of injuries and different things here so yeah I to be honest with you I don't know much about McGuire but that's been their guy here the last couple weeks right uh, only averaging 3.3 yards per carry on the season uh, so still looking for a breakout there Packers hoping they can hold them off for another week yeah Packers run game on the flip side of things 
Jamal Williams looks like he'll be the the bell cow guy, the number one guy here, which is a role that he performed in a year ago when yeah. he was called upon. Had some really solid performances against uh, Pittsburgh, I remember, on the road. The home game against Tampa Bay was very solid, very productive there. Um, one of his backups, an interesting story yeah. to uh, to tell here, the Packers recently claiming Capri Bibbs, if I'm saying that correctly, you are. off waivers from Washington, a, uh, a running back from the Chicago area, went to a couple of junior colleges, ended up at Colorado State University, made his way into the NFL as an undrafted player. The Packers now his third NFL team, but... Um, not a Bears fan growing up in yeah. Chicago, a Packers fan. Tell us the uh, story that you got from him in the locker room this week. Yeah, pretty interesting. One that's also kind of cool is uh, Bibbs actually has a Super Bowl ring, too. Uh, he ended up getting one with, right, the Denver, with, the, for with the Denver Broncos. Broncos. He was yeah. on the practice squad most of that season, but did manage to get one. And he's this is actually his fifth NFL season, only three in terms of you know accrued seasons, but he's been in the league since 2014. And this year had been pretty effective uh, with Washington. Had been you know over I believe it was over 200 total yards on in four touchdowns. Yeah, so he had, a few, he had a few touchdowns this season. So you know he was obviously disappointed, and when last week they told him he was going to be getting his release, they wanted to go another direction with their running game and it exposed him to waivers. As it turns out, the Green Bay Packers claimed him, and if just getting a chance to talk to Bibbs, I. I knew some other beat writers that covered him, and they talked very glowingly about him and just how extroverted he is and how much of a conversationalist he is. But, I mean, him going into his background with the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> I, to be honest with you, Mike, in eight years doing this, I don't know if I've covered anyone that's been as big of a Packers fan as this guy is. And yeah, I mean, this is a kid who was, uh, as a teenager, as a as a grade schooler even, was walking the streets of Chicago wearing his Packers gear. Yeah. I mean, it takes some guts. Yeah, a mile and a half going to school every day, he said, wearing a Packers coat. Because his mom, the first game she ever went to was a Packers game. She became a Packers fan, raised him as a Packers fan, and he told this amazing story. You know, he, he was a huge Brett Favre, loved that whole era. He was a little bit after Super Bowl 31, but he knows of the allure of Favre. So sure. 2007 comes around. This is like his first big chance at, you know, them making the Super Bowl. And he's sitting in their house on that night, January 20th of two, 2008, and he's watching this game, and he's a big football player. He loves football. And, and he's like, you know what, I want to feel what the players feel. So what does he do? <laughs> he, he shuts off the family's heat opens up the windows, takes his shirt off, and sitting there in shorts in front of the television, embracing the moment like the Packers had to embrace it in a negative one-degree uh, kickoff here at Lambeau Field. Just uh, an amazing story. He did mention his family was not too pleased about that, but he told them it's time to cheer for the Packers. That's what I'm going to do. But it's amazing listening to him because, I mean, he talks so fervently about Sam Shields and Nick Collins and you know and how he wanted to go up to Clay Matthews after the game in Washington asked for his jersey and didn't really have the guts to do it yeah. hesitated and then Matthews was gone uh, his two favorite quarterbacks of all time are Favre and Rodgers and it was interesting for a guy that has won a Super Bowl uh, has been in the locker room with Peyton Manning and, and has really became good friends with Adrian Peterson this year Vaughn Miller the list goes on and on of these all pro Hall of Fame type players he's played with and it's not nothing against Clay Matthews and Aaron Rodgers, but these are the guys that really have him with his jaw on the floor. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, now now he knows there's a big opportunity here. He has a number 22 jersey. He he finally has his first Packers jersey with his name on it, and he knows what's on the line here the next two weeks. Jamal Williams is the featured back. He knows it's his job to spell him, 
But that's it. Danny Vitale, <laughs> the fullback, is the other guy. Otherwise, if they need a change of pace, it's Bibbs and Bibbs, who's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. He said he's ready for that opportunity if it presents itself. Yeah, you can't help but smile and laugh a little bit. Thinking back to that 2007 NFC Championship against the New York Giants, the wind chills are in the minus 20s here at Lambeau Field. The, the enduring image is that red face of Tom <laughs> Coughlin's, yeah. you know? And when I think about that and hear this teenage Packer fan, yeah, young Packer old. fan, how old was he? 15. 15. Yeah. Teenage Packer fan sitting in Chicago without a shirt on, with the windows open and the heat shut off in the house. And what did you say? You, you looked it up on it online. It was six degrees in six Chicago, degrees that, in night. Chicago yeah. that night. So a touch warmer <laughs> than it was in Green Bay, but not a whole heck of a lot. I, what would Mon Pa Spofford have done if you would have did that back in the day? <laughs> um, yeah. You would have been watching the game outside on the radio or listening the, to it on the, the radio. Instant, the instant the heat would have uh, been shut off, it would have been turned right back he, on. Here's so. the part of it that I love, though. He didn't turn off the heat. He opened up the window. Yeah, like, exactly. So it's like not only do you for, you give up the heat that you had in the house, you're, you're just letting it out. Yeah, you know? exactly. A, a really fun story, but just yeah. a really interesting guy and, and very motivated uh, to show he belongs. He knows that this was a big year for him. He knows what comes after this in terms of free agency. Yeah. He was looking up places where he could potentially go. He was hoping it would be Green Bay, and as it turned out, they gave him a two-week head start on yeah. it. Yeah. All righty. Well, before we go here, Wes, let's take a quick look at what else is going on around the NFL here in Week 16. Actually, in the AFC, a really interesting game on uh, Saturday night that will be on the TV when we're in our hotel rooms. Yeah. In, uh, I'll be in with, New York City with the. Uh, oh, you're gonna be partying it up on down in Times Square. I, I gotta go, man. Okay. I have to. I've only been there twice, and I blew it the first time yeah. we were there in 13. Go ahead. But continue. that uh, that Chargers versus Ravens yes. uh, Saturday night um, game with a lot of playoff implications in the AFC. Looking at things in the NFC coming up this weekend. Um, New Orleans Saints trying to hang on to that number one seed. They've got a big one at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You don't see the Packers obviously playing the Jets. You don't see a whole lot of these cross-conference games right. this late in the year. But Pittsburgh against New Orleans in Week 16 is definitely one to uh, to keep an eye on. And then, um, by the same token, Sunday night, yeah, Kansas, Kansas City at Seattle, another cross-conference game between two teams jockeying for playoff position in their respective conferences. Some really interesting games on the slate this weekend in the NFL. Well, first off, how difficult was the Steelers' schedule this year? I mean, <laughs> my goodness, they had to go through the gauntlet to get to 8-5-1, and one, and then they end up dropping that one two weeks ago. Everyone thought they should win. They bounced back. Uh, and now you got to go down. To now you have to go New to Orleans. the Superdome in New Orleans. So yeah. the house of the rising sun there, seeing if uh, Ben Roethlisberger can work some magic. Uh, to be being honest, though, the the game that intrigues me the most is Seattle, uh, because they've been on this run. They were able, mostly, been able to get on this run since that law or since beating the Packers. Yeah, but they they stumbled la stumbled big time last week yes. in San Francisco. Lost to the 49ers for the first time in five years, and now suddenly, you know, two weeks to go, they're not exactly secure in exactly. where they want to be. And now you got Kansas City, who's coming off of a loss. They're looking to avenge that and get some of their momentum back. I think right. those two games are going to be really interesting. And then also, you know, seeing these other teams, these fringe teams, Mike, the Phil 
Philadelphia hosting Houston, can they do something there? Can they yeah, get the something Eagles going? trying to hang in it with Nick Foles coming yeah. off of that big road win in prime time out in Los Angeles against the Rams. The Nick Foles magic is yeah. uh, they're trying to crank it up again. And you're going up against one of the, the hottest teams in the league right now. And then Washington uh, traveling down with Josh Johnson trying to keep their playoffs alive. So, yeah, just a very intriguing slate of games uh, to see how this all shuffles out. It actually is kind of weird, Mike, in that basically I was looking at the schedule earlier today. I mean, with a few exceptions like the Rams and Cardinals, Denver and the, and the Raiders, a lot of these are like all these are paired up pretty well in terms of like the playoff implications, yeah. division title implications uh, as these uh, postseasons tries to seed itself out. Well, I have a feeling as we go into next week, we're going to be talking about, especially in the NFC with those two wild card spots, we could really be talking about some crazy you know, out-of-this-world scenarios with multiple teams still involved. But we'll have to see what happens this weekend yeah, first and, and where everybody stands with one game to go. Yeah, and then the other thing you wonder, too, is, like, you you know, look at that Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh's trying to, to claw its way in there. If you can go and beat New Orleans at home, what does that do to New Orleans? What does that do for you? Yeah. The, I think sometimes that narrative gets overblown in terms of, like, peaking at the right time everything. It just matters how you play in that first playoff game. Then you determine where you're going to go yeah, from there. Yeah, that decides whether you're kind of rolling or not. But at the same time, the fewer questions that you have in the back of your mind going into the mm -hmm. playoffs, I think a lot of times helps you with in terms of confidence and being able to play to what level you feel you're capable of. Yeah, I would agree with that. For now, we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and of Sunday's game against the Jets on Packers.com. On Twitter, you can follow him at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.